You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Our church has been involved in this ministry since day one. It, in my estimation, is the greatest tool in America for reaching the loss for Jesus Christ. Every second, three people die. Excuse me, two people die. Every second, three people are born. Ms. Treber and I came here 46 years ago. There are four billion people on planet Earth. It has doubled. There's now eight billion people. We're told as much as perhaps 80, uh, 98% of the world has never heard of Jesus. When a person dies, they go of one of two places. It's appointed that a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. You go to heaven or you go to hell. And the Bible says even those who have not heard Romans 2 are without excuse. God has planted it in their heart. There is a need for a God. I can't understand all of the theology of it, but I believe it. The greatest tool in reaching the loss for Christ, in my estimation, is called the bus ministry. Running buses for boys and girls and men and women. Every bus ministry in America has been hit hard in the last 23 months. As COVID shut down the buses, most churches, the buses are not running again. Ours are running. But they're not running like they used to run. The B Division, three, 400. Uh, the C Division, three, 400. Anywhere from 800 to 1,900 a week on the buses coming to the house of God. We have transported to the house of God 1.5 million people to church in these last 46 years. We've had over 90,000 walk the aisle of the church, or their services in this church, trusting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That does not include out at the doors, visiting the homes, and door-to-door soul winning, which is many times more. I thank God for the bus ministry. I was introduced to the bus ministry in 1966. I told you I lived over about 20 minutes from here. And our pastor gathered enough money. And my dad and I, as a high school boy, I came with my dad. And he found a bus in downtown San Jose. I want to say, I believe this is right. It was a 1948 Dodge. I might be mistaken on that. And we brought it back. And we had no idea you go house to house. Nobody had a bus ministry we never heard of. But we did it, we did it like the school buses. We would go and at the PX, we would pick up people there, not the military PX, but the PX grocery store, or by the Shell gas station or Flying A because they're closed on Sunday. Or we went behind uh, the Fry's uh, the store and there was a pickup there. We went to about four locations and picked up maybe eight to 10 riders. That was about it. But we did our best. I went to college in 1969, uh, and in 69, I began to hear of the bus ministry. This book that's in pieces, and I've had so many through the years, 
gives the 10 largest churches in America. I never thought a church could be this big. I never thought a church could run a bus ministry like this. I was reading this book in, in Ohio alone, Akron Baptist Temple, and Canton Baptist Temple, and Cincinnati Landmark Baptist Church. I'm reading, they're, they're running 50, 40, and 60 buses. I read how Lee Robertson, Chattanooga, was running buses all over that city. Uh, he came to a wealthy church in 19, I believe it was 48, and he began to run these buses to the poor communities. And the, pre, the deacons came to him and said, now listen, we're, we're not for people like this. We're bankers, we're lawyers, we're executives. We don't want that crowd in our church. And he said, I'm going to tell you something right now. Until you vote me out, we're running buses to the poor. The Bible says, and not all bus kids are poor, bus people, but the Bible says in, in, in Proverbs, in Psalms 41.1, blessed is he that considereth the poor. And when a poor person cannot sit next to a rich person, we're violating James chapter 3. If we have respect, because this one has money. By the way, he lost all the money, people. And he began to run about eventually 12,000 people in church and had a Bible college of over 6,000 students and produced churches all over the South. I want you to know I read this book. It came out in 69. I was a freshman in Bible college. And I began to see these churches running buses. And then I, I read they had baptism every Sunday. I'd never heard of that. It was thrilling to see that they were reaching folks for Christ. The great Temple Baptist Church, I sung on that platform. I sang in the 200-voice choir, and I sang in a quartet on that big platform. Thousands of people, I think there were six or 7,000 people. I read that, and then I got this book by Wally Beebe. They call him Mr. Bus, and he really was the father of the modern-day bus movement. I, I read papers, and I brought some with me. These been my father. Jerry Falwell would send me his paper in, in my mailbox at college. And Jerry was really getting going because it was 1956. He started in Lynchburg, Virginia in the McDonald bottling factories where he began. And he began to run buses and they went all over the area. I remember one Sunday morning early, probably about five o'clock, we left, uh, we left uh, Wisconsin where I was in Bible college and four of us guys got a little beetle bug. And we drove to a place called Indiana Hammond. They said there are buses, hundred of them, going all over the place, just everywhere. We pulled into a little gas station, got in that city, and it was like one of those little single pump areas. You just had a pump or two. And, and we said, we're looking for the first Baptist church. He goes, well, I won't give you directions. I, what are you talking about? He goes, you won't need directions. Just sit right here on the side of the road. And a brown bus will come by in just a minute. And surely you were one of those bus kids years ago in that area. And a brown bus came by and he says, if you miss that one, there'll be another brown bus. You miss that one, there'll be another brown bus. Hey, come all the time. And those buses would go by. I fell in love with the bus ministry. I have a letter in my file from my father-in-law who's home with the Lord. He'd pastored the great Brian Baptist Church all those years, and he wrote me a letter in February of 1971. His wife had just died. He was 45 years of age and 46 years of age, and he said, I want you to come and work as our janitor and our music director. And I got there, brother, tell me, uh, it was so thrilling because he said, Jack, we have four buses. Those four buses run about 70 people. I have the records right here. Here's my bus drivers right here. 
and I keep track of my bus drivers. Had 13 of them eventually. We went from four buses to 13 buses in one year. I found buses everywhere. I found a bus in Janesville, Wisconsin. The guy gave it to us. I found a bus behind the Shell gas station. It had ivy vines growing over it, uh, raspberry vines. It was a 50, 57 Chevy, if I'm not mistaken. And I found that bus. It said St. James Catholic Church. I went to the Catholic Church. I said, priest, sir. I need you to give me that bus. He gave us the bus. Oh, my goodness. We painted it, the bus captains and workers. We painted it. We put a new engine in it. We got it all lettered up. Brother Harry Russell lettered it all up, and we wrapped it up, had it on the farm. We brought it into town on Saturday night, put a big, big box around it, and we, we made a box, and we advertised the world's biggest gift is going to be given to the church this Sunday. The bus workers knew, but the church did not know. Our buses just exploded from about that 70 to over 350 in one year's time. Buses everywhere. I was looking again this morning of those 13 drivers. Eight of them have passed away now with the Lord. Two of them are, with pa are pastors of churches. One's an assistant pastor. I want you to know I love the buses. In the 70s, Brother Ron, you could not hardly find a bus. In the 80s, School buses are getting there, but churches are buying up. The Nazarenes were buying them up, the joy buses. And they had a happy joy face on them. And the Nazarenes bought them. The Assemblies of God bought them. And, and the Baptists bought them in Rockford, our city of 150,000 people. There are five independent fundamental Baptist churches, and they all had buses. Most of them had 10 or more. It's an amazing thing to see. The bus ministry's gone. It was the vehicle to rescue boys and girls and men and women. This church is going to have to do something like never before. I'll get to my scripture. We're going to rescue these kids. When a, a report comes out this week that in Baltimore, Maryland, 77% of high school children, especially most of them are seniors, cannot read at a kindergarten level. We have failed that generation. Cannot read. They'll never own a business. They'll always be dependent upon the government. And no man in his heart wants to ever be dependent on someone else. God gives everyone the ability to work. We've told this generation now for almost 50 years, babies don't matter. We're up to 60 million babies in America slaughtered in a mother's womb. And then we wonder in Philadelphia and in Chicago and in Detroit and Los Angeles why people are dying on the streets, teens killing teens. Well, when you devalue life, for 50 years and every generation hears they, they escaped abortion somehow. When, when you stop and think that today, nearly 10 million mothers are raising children without a dad, that's about 30 million children. Dad's gone. He's in prison. He's dead. He's been shot. Uh, he left mother. He's got another family over here. You talk about a messed up generation. And somehow Jesus loves the little children and so must we. There's something you can do about the bus ministry. He's home watching right now. Brother Jim Ryder 
haven't been in church in years and has been hit sick, but Brother Jim has congestive heart failure. I recall years ago at the old property, he said, Pastor, I, I love the buses. I can't do much. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there on the, on the sidewalk when they leave and wave goodbye to the buses. Jim is a very large, large man. I said, Jim, they're going to, he knows it. He's at home listening. I said, they're going to make fun of you. They're going to laugh at you. The fat man, huge fat man. Because I know, and guess what? I was right. They did laugh at him. That first week, the second week, about the third or fourth, they just stood out there and waved goodbye to him. Came to the point eventually they looked forward to I say it respectfully, waving goodbye to the fat man. Hey, listen, if that's what you have to offer, offer it. You shut in. I get to my scripture, you shut in. Why can't you pray? Why can't you ask the C director or the B director, how, 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 how can I know the areas, what streets I can pray for? And you pray for these streets of these kids where boys and girls and you know, those teenagers right now say, I, I wish I'd brought them over today. I'll tell you why. They love preaching. They'll fill up a whole section up here, teenagers. We've never had one time in 46 years a gang problem, but they come from different gangs. We've never had a problem like that. They know at this church they are loved and they're respected. We don't bring them to our church. We want to bring them to their church. There's a story here in the book of Genesis 16 and 21 of that great man we heard, Brother Stroud, that message Wednesday night, whew, about Abraham was so amazing. God's going to still use you. We mess up, we mess up. We, that was such a powerful message. Here's Abraham, and God promised to be a, a father of many nations, and his wife Sarah said, I, I'm too old, can't have a baby. And she created a dysfunctional home. And what she did, she said, take my Egyptian handmaiden, Hagar, and have a baby with her. And now she's expecting, and, and she, Sarah said, I'm despised in her eyes. And she got upset with the handmaiden, and they agreed this is the way they were going to do God's plan. But it wasn't God's plan. God's plan was Isaac. But the Arab race began with Ishmael and Isaac. They had two, and they began to war against one another, and there's been conflict ever since. My Bible says in chapter 16, now Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abraham, Behold, my Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maiden, that it may be that I may obtain children of her. And it took place in verse number three, and she conceived in verse number four. Her mistress was despised in her eyes. She saw she was despised. And Sarah said unto Abraham, my wrong be upon thee. Well, there's consequences, Sarah. And she said, I saw that she conceived. I was despised. There it is again in, the, uh, in her eyes. And Abraham said to Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And Sarah dealt hardly with her. She fled. 
I believe I still have the letter in my files. 40 years ago, because God's going to introduce an angel here, 40 years ago, a bus mother wrote to a bus captain, he's passed away, he's with the Lord. And she addressed it this, and I, re- I have it. Dear angel, God sent you to our home as an angel from God to help us. It's amazing. Our bus family, they're not, they're not asking for money, though we, we do our best to help. They're not asking for food. They ask for someone to love their kids. Someone to help with their kids. I'm seeing Brother Manuel Reyes down here and his dear sweet wife and they've raised a beautiful family and have a granddaughter now. And I remember the day that your kids were riding the bus, Manuel, so many years ago and Brother Boroff went to see and say, could, 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 you, could we baptize the kids? We have your permission. And they said, no, we want to come watch it. And they came. Manuel was raised without a mother in the home. At age five, he began to cook for himself. Manuel's the chaplain of the juvenile hall down here, the place where he lived as a young man. He preaches to those kids now. He says, I, I was here in this same building. I've sat where you sat. He's a holy man of God. So many years ago, he got saved and his wife. His life was changed through the bus ministry. And I think of all the many they've changed the life. Their life made a difference. I saw Brother Chris. Where's Chris? Right over there. Chris began to ride the bus in 1977, I think. I think his wife invited him. She wasn't his wife. He was a kid. But there he sits next to his son, a military son-in-law, a military man, and his, his daughter and his granddaughter in the school, in high school. 1977, right now, the bus ministry works. Hey, Brother Jason Garcia that's preaching in Illinois right now, he came without a father in the home, and he and his, his sister right over here, Teresa, husband's right there, and they have five kids. She came with the bus. So many years ago, as a four-year-old, now a mother. Dana, you rode the bus, and your sister just sat with you. A week ago, they came visiting from Pennsylvania. She was four. She's a pastor's wife. Dana never misses. She's a bus kid. I tell you something, there's something about this. And this bus, this, this lady, Sarah, said, cast her out. Get rid of her. She's fleeing. She's on the run. We have so many families on the run. They can't pay the rent. And so they get evicted. How do they go to the next place? Brother Van Dyke, our chairman of the deacons, you know what I'm talking about. We'll have a, we'll have a baptismal certificate to, 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 to de- deliver if someone gets baptized today. And by Saturday of this next week, they've already moved. The phone used to be the house phone. Now it's the cell phone's been disconnected. There's no route. They're on the run a lot of times, not running from the law, just running to try to make it in life. Evans over there, Brother Evans preaching. I'm, I'm probably way wrong, but I think I heard him say 27 times they moved as a kid. 
and he found himself in the gutter all messed up with heroin and drugs so many years ago and he looked up to God. Thank God there was a bus family, a bus people that loved him. We're going to have to rescue this generation. CNN's not going to do it. Fox News is not going to do it. MSNBC's not going to do it. Joe Biden's not going to do it. The liberals are not going to do it. The conservatives are not going to do it. The uh, Democratic Party's not going to do it. The Republicans are not going to do it. The convoy's not going to do it. The church has to rescue this generation. She said, get out of here. She began to flee. Oh, verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her. Notice from verse 8, I, I flee from the face of my mistress. I'm on the run. Verse number 9, the angel of the Lord said to her. Verse number 10, the angel of the Lord said to her. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord. God can and will send an angel come by. Perhaps verse 7, she was in the wilderness. You see it? I wonder what family, maybe it's a father raising a kid by himself. Maybe it's mother. Maybe it's a couple trying to do what's right. You stop and think with me. I wonder, Brother Ron, if we went over to the various bus ministries, this property, the other property, I wonder how many kids have ever had a family meal in 2022 yet. Just a family meal at evening. I'm not talking about fast food. I'm talking about a family meal. I wonder how many of our kids, even in this room, have heard a dad pray at night, Lord, I love my children. Please protect them as they sleep tonight. Oh, God, help me to be a good dad. And bless their sweet mother. Help her to be a good mama. Take our children's life and use them for your glory. I wonder how many, I wonder how many bus kids have heard that. I wonder how many bus kids went off to school and mother said, honey, I love you so much. I'll be praying for you today. I wonder, Brother Luke, could you grab a microphone? I wonder, Brother Ron, could you grab a microphone? Here's a lady fleeing. She's out in the wilderness. So many people feel alone. Last year, the number one killer of teenagers was suicide. We've had more people, more teenagers kill themselves in last year than any other time. Hey, these kids are so masked up. We're, we're, losing, we're going to lose this generation. They can't, we don't even know their face. A teacher's trying to teach. You have to have the face when you teach. Are you listening, Sarah Cody? Are you listening what's going to happen to these kids? You, you, you raise children and you guide children. Come to the pulpit, fellas, please. You guide children by seeing their eyes and seeing their face and seeing their smile. I go in a store and I talk to people. They don't know if I'm smiling or frowning. I always try to bring happiness to the place I go. Brother Flood, you're the B division. Brother Ron, you're the C division. I, I can't tell you how I love these men. They're in the same office complex as I am. And Ron's way down the hall. Brother Luke's over here. Brother Luke is funny and all that, but he's quiet. Brother Ron's a bull in a china closet. <laughs> My wife loves him because I love having him down with us. Yeah, I'm trying to study and I hear Ron. Hey, hey, how y'all doing down here? What's going on? Hey, food in the break room? Ron's got problems. Tell us about your home growing up. Sir, uh, Privilege to raise in a, a Christian home here. My dad was actually a uh, bus captain 
uh, just a few years after he became a member here in the 80s and uh, was a bus captain with my mom and eventually became a bus driver. And that's how I began uh, really in the bus ministry at a very, very young age, four years old, five years old. I would help him do the pre-trip on the bus. And, so he's uh, a car crowd kid, then. grew up in a home. How'd you go to church, Ron, and then tell me about your family? How'd you get to church? Came to church through the way of a bus, the bus ministry. What state? Down in the state of Florida, in the city of Miami. And where did you come from, Brother Luke? California. Santa Clara, California. They're poles apart. Tell me about your, your home, Ron. I know you just had your mom's sure. funeral. Tell us about that. Sure. Uh, family of seven. My mom's a single mom and uh, six boys and one girl. Uh, we didn't go to church. We didn't know anything about a church. My mom did have a Bible for her mom. My mom lost her mom at the age of 13, hmm. and her dad worked in the jazz company, so he was off and on by herself. So my mom, by herself, got through life. She had her first child when she was 18, hmm. and then she was from the state of Georgia. They migrated down to Florida and Miami. And so our, our family didn't go to church. It wasn't until a retired Navy electrician by the name of Jim Howard, on his spare time, came and started a bus route and knocked on our door, and that's how we were introduced to church. Ron's mom, at each two days before her 58th birthday, just passed away suddenly, and Ron had the funeral. God's touch was on him. That's a man of God right there. Amen. And by the way, that's a man of God from a perfect situation and maybe one that wasn't that perfect from two different countries, the coast, the east and the west. Ron, are you any value to God? Yes, sir. Yeah, I know you are. He's such an inspiration to me. These two men are like, really, to me, they're like sons to me. I remember when he was born, and I just, I, I remember when your wife, I believe, was born here, and uh, then your, grand, your daughter, their grandbaby baby born here. Ron, what about these bus kids? Are they all rebels? No, sir. What kind of hearts do they have? They have heavy hearts. They just want someone yeah. to know. They want to know that someone's out there that cares for them. And they may have a show. They may walk around with a chip on their shoulder, but if you can get through that barrier, they'll love you. You know, they come over here. When you bring them over, they sit up here. I never have to call anybody down. No, they are so respectful. They have the same type of, they have them preaching right now. And I normally every Sunday afternoon get the picture. Somebody will send it to me. And here are these bus kids over at their church auditorium, and they're down on their knees praying. And you can see them, oh, you can see that it's been a hard situation. Oh, but they're sweet people. Sweet kids. We have to reach them. One of our very first bus kids, he, he came, he and his brother, and Kevin, as he came from Malpitas, a Sunday school teacher went out on Saturday and wanted to Christ. They rode the bus on Sunday. They went to the park over here in Malpitas, and that afternoon they found his body at the bottom of that lake, and I had his funeral. I'm glad a Sunday school teacher, I'm glad a bus worker picked him up and brought him to the house of God. A teenage girl from Mel Peters came to our Sunday school 40 years ago, maybe 35. And a boy came that day. He sort of began to stalk her. and He took her up here and killed her. Over here by Calaveras, he covered her body with leaves. A teenager killed a teenager. We missed him. We just missed that boy. Would you think there's something for God's people to do in the bus ministry, Ron? Yes, sir. We need drivers, especially. Brother Luke, you got any thought on that? Yes, there's, there's something that everybody can do. A uh, pastor was mentioning that these kids, they don't, they don't have 
parents that really even pray for them, let alone some of them love them. And uh, I know that if, if we don't love them, they'll never know Christ's love. So. I'll let you men be seated. I could go all day with them. The first bus in America was a steam engine, and it was it, it built in 1823. And those buses began to get produced. And by 1875, we had a combustion engine. Do you need to go over the other property? Are you okay? And may I just say, God's given us such a beautiful bus fleet. The state of California came in and said, you have to be newer to all buses in California, but public school buses, they didn't have to meet the qualifications. You know what? God turned the curse, Brother Steve, into a blessing. Our church raised over about a million three to buy all those beautiful buses, and we, we, we flew back to Oklahoma and picked up 15, all brand new, painted, lettered up, began to drive across the country. Brother Mike, you remember that trip? And we would video, we'd stop at a Cracker Barrel, and video, here's where we are, and people would watch, and people would meet us along the way. And the nation followed it, and we came in 101, and every overpass you had our people, ladies and kids, holding signs, welcome home. I love the bus ministry. We began here with a 48 International, a 56 GMC, and a 57 Chevy. God's given us a beautiful fleet of buses. Well, we've got to reach these kids. I'm so far out of time. I'm not even really where I need to be, but let's go to chapter 21 and we'll wrap it up. In chapter 21. And Sarah saw, verse number nine, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Now she's, she sees the, 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 the boy, Ishmael, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. She said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. The son of this bondwoman shall not be here with my son, Isaac. It was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. She cast him out with the lad. Verse 14, Abraham rose in the morning. He loved that boy, Ishmael, and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder. I wonder how much is on the shoulders of these men and women. And sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness. I'm not saying these bus homes are all bad homes. And I'm not saying certainly these, so many of these mothers are quality, most of them are. But they're wandering. They're trying to do it by themselves. So many times their mothers and fathers are gone and so many times the mother is gone and grandmothers are trying to help. And the Bible says in verse 15, oh, Brother Cooper, when the water was spent in the bottle, she cast the child under one of the shrubs. It's the Middle East. It's hot. And she tries to get that boy, that little lad. And she sat over, look at verse 16. She sat over against him and lifted up her voice and she wept. I wonder what lady went to bed last night weeping. Probably 30-something years ago, the house over here on the Agnew side of the railroad tra tracks, uh, there was a big disturbance. And that man came home drunk that night. And Saturday morning, it was all shut down. They had rested him. But every single 
window in the house. Every window, Brother Bertram, he knocked out that night in his rage. What child ought to live like that? What child ought to hear that? What neighbor child ought to hear that? And the Bible says, the angel said, fear not. I'd like the angel, the bus worker to say, fear not. God's going to take care of it. God opened up her eyes and she saw a well of water. I wonder, church, can we provide some wells of water to these 30 million plus kids? I, I don't want to be like these new praise and worship services. I tell you what I want. I want a church like Bobby Robertson that just ran buses all over North Carolina. And Lee Robertson that ran it all over Chattanooga. And Jack Hiles that ran it all over Chicago area. And Tom Malone that ran it all over Pontiac, Michigan. And, and in the, the, the great churches in Ohio. I don't ever expect to be a rich church. I don't expect to amass great wealth and money. One of the cults in America owns the largest grocery chain in America. We're not going to own a grocery chain. We're going to put every dime we can in trying to rescue these people before it's too late. I think today how important it is that you get involved. Maybe you could be a, a bus captain or a bus driver. Our fuel for the buses announced five dollars a gallon diesel fuel. Maybe you can just give, starting this next week, one gallon a week. I'm going to give five dollars a week for one gallon of gasoline. I don't know. We run a hundred gallons, 150, 200 gallons. I don't know. The insurance is so costly. I wonder if everybody could just start giving one dollar a week. Just a dollar for where your treasure is, your heart will be. It'll be a reminder. I wonder if somebody could say, I'll really be a prayer warrior. I'm not going to be slip, uh, slipshot at this. I'm going to pray for this street. I'm going to pray for I'm going to pray for Bassett Street and for Cheney Street. And I'm going to pray for First Street. And I'm going to pray for Oak Street. And I'm going to pray for Cedar Street. And I'm going to pray for Trekkers, Checkers Drive. And I'm going to pray for the, these areas where we reach these boys and girls and men and women for Christ. I wonder, thank God for all the volunteer mechanics. I wonder if you could come out to the bus garage and turn a wrench once a month, once a week. No, I me, mean, he, he, he came every Saturday, three o'clock, and he came down here, walked here, didn't drive a car, walked here, and he cleaned the bus garage floor, detailed it. I wonder if there's somebody I'm planning on having a bus work day out there. We're going to take everything out of there. I'm going to be responsible for it. We're going to, we're going to clean that floor up. and walk. It's, it's not a dump. It's just, I'm just telling you, it's my job. I wonder if you could be one that would sweep a bus. Your dad is with the Lord, Jennifer. He was a barber Monday. Barber shops used to be closed. He'd come every Monday of his life. We had about... 25 to 30 buses, he swept every one. I wonder if you, when you sweep something that gets dust, I wonder if you could say, I'm a dashboard person. I'll come in, I'll wash, I'll clean the dashboards. One bus, five buses, 10 buses. I'll do it every week. 
I wonder if you could be here when the bus workers leave and just say, Lord, I'm praying for that route as it go out right now. Oh, please give them safety. May there be no injury. Save people that ride that bus today. I wonder what you could do. I don't feel like I've done the text justice. Whether it's true or not about the certain age, I drove the 56 GMC bus. I took the teenagers to Stolt when I came here. I'm at an age that apparently we can't drive a bus anymore. Why won't you do it? We run out of time so fast. Why would you want to drive a bus? Or well, could we get home and watch the games? Probably not. Mother's Day, Father's Day. Let's stand together, please. Our Father. I want to be a church that's guilty of loving these boys and girls and men and women. Jesus loved the little children. He said, suffer them, allow them to come. The pastors are coming to the front. If you're here to be saved today, Manuel, what a day you got saved. Chris, what a day you got saved. Dana, what a day you got saved. Shirley, what a day you got saved for those buses. On and on it goes in this place. Ron, a bus family. Luke, a great family. Uh, with a house and the security lived in the same home his whole life. They're both so very special. I couldn't make it without those guys. They are men of God. What could you do? You could kneel right there, and you could pray right there. But could you give, could you, children, most kids are in those other services, but could you give a dime a week? Where you find it, you find it. Not, don't get it from your dad. You find a dime a week. You could find it. What are you going to do to reach this generation? These kids... When they cannot read, and the high school kids cannot read, what are we going to do? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.